Tina Watson, born Christina May Watson. She was born in West Germany on February 13, 1977, before relocating to the U.S. while still a baby. On January 24, 1980, she was legally adopted by Tommy and Cindy Thomas. They lived in Walker County, Alabama, with her younger sister before moving to Louisiana, then Birmingham. Gabe Watson, born David Gabriel Watson, met Tina while they were students at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, and they began dating in January 2001. Despite an earlier diagnosis of PSVT, Tina began diving lessons in January 2003 and earned her certification just before her wedding to Watson on October 11, 2003. Watson was purportedly a qualified certified rescue diver with experience in the lake at Oak Mountain State Park. Watson had completed 55 dives by the time of their marriage and Tina five. The couple had planned a scuba trip in the Great Barrier Reef for their honeymoon and flew to Sydney for a week before heading to Townsville. They chose to dive the popular yet difficult wreck of SS Jan Gala, a passenger ship that sank in 1911. Even though Watson had limited open ocean experience and Tina had never dived in the ocean or below nine meters. The dive company had also offered an orientation and guided dive with a master diver, which the couple had refused. At around 10.30 a.m. on October 22nd, during an excursion from the dive boat Spoil Sport to the site of Jan Gala, Tina lost consciousness and sank to the bottom, 30 meters, below the water's surface within two minutes of beginning the dive. Watson claimed the currents were stronger than they expected and that he responded to a signal from Tina to return to the dive rope where he noted a look of worry on her face before she accidentally knocked his mask and air regulator loose. When Watson recovered his sight, Tina was sinking too quickly for him to retrieve her, and he quickly surfaced to get help. He also stated that an ear problem prevented him from diving deeper to help her and that there was nothing in his training as a rescue diver about how to get somebody in trouble to the surface. Other divers nearby at the time, including Dr. Stanley Stutz, 
saw Watson engaged in an underwater bear hug with his flailing wife, after which he headed for the surface while Tina fell to the ocean floor. One diver, Gary Stempler, photographed Tina by chance while taking a picture of his own wife that showed Tina in the background. The photo showed her lying face up on the ocean floor, something that did not come to light until a couple of weeks later when the pictures were developed. Watson climbed aboard the spool sport and alerted dive instructor Wade Singleton, who brought Tina to the surface after 10 minutes underwater. She was taken aboard the adjacent dive boat Jazz 2 where a doctor tried to resuscitate her for 40 minutes while Watson remained on the spool sport, but she was unable to be revived. The day following the death, Tina's autopsy was performed by Professor David Williams consultant forensic pathologist to the Queensland coroner. Williams found fluid evidence of air embolism, but no degenerative disease. He gave the cause of drowning as the cause of death as drowning. Due to the unexpected nature of Tina's death and the implausible and conflicting statements given by Watson, the death was investigated by the state coroner's office. A coronial inquiry was held, as is the usual practice in Australia. Watson had already left Australia by this point and declined to return, so did not testify during the inquest but gave evidence through his lawyers to the inquest and to the Queensland police. During the inquest, prosecutors submitted evidence that Watson's story contradicted the record of his actions stored by his dive computer. They suggested the possibility that he turned off Tina's regulator and held her until she was unconscious then turned the air back on and let her sink before surfacing himself. As evidence, they described the many painstaking reenactments of various scenarios conducted by police divers. Tina's father claimed that Watson had asked Tina shortly before their wedding to increase her life insurance and make him the sole beneficiary. In March 2005, Watson launched legal action in Alabama's Jefferson County Circuit Court to recoup the cost of the couple's trip after the travel insurance company refused a payout. He was seeking $45,000 for the accidental death plus compensation for trip interruption, medical expenses, phone calls, taxi fares, fees for extra credit card statements, and unspecified punitive damages for mental and emotional anguish. The action was dismissed in May 2008, 
at Watson's request on the grounds the Australian investigation into his wife's death caused him to reasonably apprehend that he risked self-incrimination in this case. His Australian legal team believed it was not in his best interest to pursue the damages claim and his U.S.-based lawyer, Bob Austin, added that his client would not be voluntarily going back to Australia. On June 19, 2008, the coroner laid the following charge, that on the 22nd day of October 2003, at the site of the historical shipwreck Yon Gala, 48 nautical miles southeast from the port of Townsville in the state of Queensland, David Gabriel Watson murdered Christina May Watson. It was reported that the coroner found it was likely that Watson had killed his 26-year-old wife by turning off her air supply and holding her in an underwater bear hug until she died. The coroner, however, had made no such finding. After resisting extradition for six months, Watson traveled voluntarily from the U.S. to Australia in May 2009 to face trial. At the trial on June 5, 2009, he pleaded not guilty to murder and guilty to and was convicted of manslaughter. Crown Prosecutor Brendan Campbell pointed out that over time, Watson had given police 16 different versions of what had happened to Tina and that none of those versions matched what the only eyewitness had seen. When Tina was brought to the surface, her regulator was still in her mouth. Her tank still had air and tests indicated no faults with her equipment. Campbell described Watson as an experienced diver trained in rescuing panic divers who had allowed his wife to sink to the ocean floor without making any serious attempt to retrieve her. Watson did not inflate Tina's BCD or remove her weight belt and had failed to fulfill his obligation as her dive buddy by not sharing his alternative air source. Watson was sentenced to four and a half years in prison to be suspended after serving only 12 months. Tina's family stated that Watson's 12-month term was an embarrassment to Australia. The day following the trial, Alabama Attorney General Troy King lodged an appeal with the Queensland Supreme Court and also wrote to Queensland Attorney General Cameron Dick. Fairfax Media reported that the letter was leaked to them and published part of it in their newspaper. The Queensland Director of Public Prosecutions, Tony Moynihan, SC, issued a statement which said, the decision to accept Mr. Watson's plea of guilty to manslaughter was made 
after a careful and thorough examination of the admissible evidence and was not taken lightly. Given the complex circumstantial nature of the case, Mr. Watson's admission that he breached his duty to render assistance to his wife ultimately meant there was no reasonable prospect of proving beyond a reasonable doubt that he was guilty of murder. On June 18, 2009, Dick announced the state would appeal against the inadequacy of Watson's sentence. The appeal was heard by the Queensland Court of Appeals on July 17, 2009. The Crown asked the court to increase Watson's prison term to two and a half years. The defense argued that Watson had had a momentary lapse in judgment, had been accused of a crime he did not commit, and had voluntarily returned to Australia to cooperate with the court, and that the penalty imposed by the trial judge was fair and just. The findings on appeal were handed down on September 18, 2009. Two members allowed the prosecution's appeal, increasing Watson's period of incarceration by six months to a total of 18. One justice by minority opinion was in favor of dismissing the appeal. Tina was buried in her native Pelham, Alabama. Her remains were exhumed in 2007 and moved to a different lot bought by Watson. After being informed by her family that flowers and gifts were repeatedly being vandalized or disappearing from the grave site. Even when chained down, police surveillance videos showed Watson removing them with bolt cutters and throwing them in trash cans. Watson later said he removed them because they were big, gaudy plastic arrangements. Her grave was unmarked until 2009 when Watson provided a foot marker prompting her father to request her body be returned for reburial. In 2011, the probate court removed Watson as administrator of Tina's estate and appointed her father, who also requested that her school and college pictures and yearbooks be returned. Watson appealed against the ruling and refused to provide the court with an inventory of Tina's possessions. Pending Watson's trial, the Alabama Circuit Court ordered him to stay away from the grave. In May 2010, King announced he had information and, and not yet made public and wanted to try Watson for capital murder and kidnapping, asserting jurisdiction based on the theory that the alleged crime was planned in Alabama. King petitioned Australia for the evidence held by police, but was refused access until he gave an undertaking that the death penalty would not be imposed, as required under Australian law. 
This condition had been strongly criticized by King and Don Valeska, chief of the Attorney General's Violent Crime Division, who stated, if an, if an Australian woman was killed here, we would immediately send the evidence there. We would not presume to tell the Australian authorities how to run their criminal justice system. In response to the announcement, Watson's parents came to the defense of their son, breaking their public silence on the case. Friends and family of Watson questioned whether he had any motive for the murder, noting that his affection for Tina had seemed genuine. There was no life insurance policy naming him as beneficiary, and he had appeared to be emotionally devastated for an extended time following her death. In June 2010, King assured the Queensland Attorney General he would not seek the death penalty if Watson was tried in the U.S. for his wife's death. In August 2010, it was announced Watson would be released in November and was likely to be, to be deported to the U.S., where he faced being charged with murder. Valeska stated he would pursue an additional charge of kidnapping by deception. The case was placed before a grand jury in Birmingham, Alabama in October 2010. Watson was released from prison on November 10, 2010. He was transferred to an immigration detention center while his, deport, while his deportation was delayed. During this time, Australian authorities sought further written assurance from the U.S. Attorney General that he would not face the death penalty in Alabama if convicted of murder. Under international human rights law, Australia could not deport Watson if he faced execution in his home state. On November 25, 2010, he was deported to the United States and immediately arrested. Alabama prosecutors charged Watson with murder and kidnapping at the conclusion of his prison sentence in Australia after finding what they claimed was evidence he had plotted to kill his wife while still in the United States. A Birmingham grand jury indicted Watson on murder and kidnapping charges in October 2010. In July 2011, the circuit court set the trial date for February 13, 2012. Watson was released on a $100,000 bond. Colin McKenzie, a key diving expert in the original investigation who had maintained that a diver with Watson's training should have been able to bring Tina up subsequently retracted much of his testimony after being provided with Tina and Watson's diver logs, certificates, and medical histories, to which he had not previously had access. McKenzie claimed that Watson should not have been allowed in the water and never as a dive buddy for his wife, who had no open water scuba experience. Tina had heart surgery, to correct an irregular heartbeat two years earlier, but on her dive application had stated that she had never had heart problems or surgery. 
Professor Michael Mike Bennett, a leading expert in dive medicine, stated that Tina was unfit to dive without clearance from a cardiologist. Watson had received his rescue certification, normally a four-day course after completing a two-day course in an Alabama quarry. He had no rescue experience and little open water experience. According to McKenzie, he had no hope of being competent. He could barely save himself that day, let alone his wife. I don't believe he intended to kill her. Revelations that Watson needed help to don his diving equipment that day underscored that he was a dangerous amateur who showed a complete lack of courage when abandoned when he abandoned his wife. The dive company had offered an orientation and guided dive with a dive master, which both Tina and Watson had refused. Company head Mike Ball said his people took Watson at his word, believing he was an experienced and certified rescue diver. The company later pleaded guilty to, to con contravening safety standards. Their code of conduct said both Watson and Tina must be supervised by at least a dive master on the dive in question and was fined $6,500 plus cost of $1,500. Alabama judge Tommy Nell ruled that evidence of Watson's behavior following Tina's death was inadmissible. Nell also blocked Tina's father from giving evidence regarding Watson's alleged attempts to increase Tina's life insurance. On February 23, 2012, Nell acquitted Watson for lack of evidence without the defense needing to present its case. Nell said that the state's evidence was sorely lacking and that the prosecution could not prove that Watson had any financial motive. Prosecutor Don Valeska said that this was the first time he had a trial end and a judge's acquittal in the 41 years he had been trying cases. Regarding the judge's decision, Thomas said, it should have gone to the jury for them to decide. 